And now, another cup of... The London Fog. Welcome. Welcome. We are back. This is the London Fog. I'm Kate. And I'm Leah. And we remembered to introduce ourselves this week. Yeah, we didn't do that last time. <laughs> I was re-listening and just realized that we do it sometimes. We do it like really well. Sometimes our openings, I'm like, that was spot on. <laughs> and then other times we do terribly. With intro and the fact that I can't keep like a straight conscious flow of like knowledge and that sometimes we'll just go way left field. So speaking of flows of conversation, any any news this week? Oh, um, no, not really. I didn't like hear anything. Nothing popped up on my BBC that was British related. Everything was... Um, I think the Brits reacting to um, our crazy American government situation yeah, this week. So <laughs> not really any of their own news. No. At least I didn't find anything. And I didn't really do any um, snooping on royal stuff. So um, The only thing that happened this week with that was the Duchess of Cambridge had a birthday. Oh, did she? Yes. How old is she now? Oh, crap. I don't remember. 36. Something like that. Something of that nature. I think it's 36. 37, 37. Okay. Okay, so she was 36. Yeah, so she is 37. They had a party at their house like they do every year. There was a lot of like... Three super cute kids. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Well, I thought it was a little bit funny that she had a birthday party at her house like... All their friends came and stayed for the weekend. And then they all went to church together on Sunday, which was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. Because there are all these pictures of like them all going to church. And I was like, wow. I had my birthday party last night, and I invited no one to go to church with me today. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, there was, people were like writing articles trying to be all... Uh, um, picking fights between her and Megan again, like mm-hmm. being like, oh, they didn't invite Harry and Megan to the birthday. And I was like, you know what? Harry and Megan have never, like, Harry was never invited to that. Like, she has this birthday yeah. party every year. It's like her couple friends. Yeah, it's probably like and her like, friends. No offense, just because you marry into the family doesn't yeah. mean you have to share every moment. Yeah, and I was like, probably Megan's pretty pregnant. And she's, Megan's yeah. done a few. She's gone on a few things this week. I can't remember where she visited. Because she's due soon. Yeah, April? so she's... Beginning of April? So they're predict. So they haven't obviously announced. They're predicting that it's actually going to be end of March. Okay. Based on people viewing her bump photos. That's the what bump. I think. <laughs> um, okay, what is your guess, boy or girl? Um, I think it's going to be... Well... It's like I want, I'm hopeful I, it's a girl. I, well, that's what I was gonna say. I want it to be a girl, but I think it's gonna be a boy. I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm why. gonna go girl, and I think they're gonna give her some exotic name, Kiki. <laughs> uh, From I, don't, I don't see that happening. No, I think they're not gonna go full on royal name, like because no. they don't have to the way yeah. uh, Kate have to. But I don't think it's gonna go out like that, that far. <laughs> Although. Although, you know, um, Harry and William have a cousin who goes by the name Kitty, which I feel okay. like is not that much. Maybe in, maybe in the UK it's not that weird of a name, nicknames, no. but... I mean, they, I they, they have traditional names. Harry, Megan, yeah. those aren't crazy names, so... Mm-hmm. Who knows? Probably something that 
Well, Megan's mother's name is Doria, which I think is a pretty oh, cute name. That's cute. Right? I could do that. I approve. <laughs> um, okay, well, should we just get into it? Um, yeah, so I think... We should tell people, we're talking... Oh, yes. Music, musicians, the people that inspire. Uh, <laughs> mine's not that inspirational of a musician. <laughs> no? Well, so I was gonna, I was, like... You had talked about Elton John. Yeah, and then it was just so much, you guys, there's Elton John... Well, he's been, like, performing forever. Has been performing and for so had, many has years. Has had a crazy, a crazy life, so... So, yeah, so I just felt like I couldn't do him justice with the amount of time I had for research. So then what I did was I was like, I'm gonna look up the Queen's favorite musicians. Okay. And that's how I'm gonna do it. So I, I looked it up, and I looked up some of them, and you know what? They've got really boring lives. The Queen... Oh. The Queen's taste in music uh-huh. is not that exciting. So then, what? I'm curious. What does she like? So it's mostly classical stuff, and that's she, not boring. She likes. Oh, her like favorite musician is from. Oh crap! It's like this UK boy band. Is it called oh. like Take Five or something? Oh, let me just. That, I think it's. I think it's called Take Five or like. That's unfortunate. Why would... Yeah, well, no. So it's not... So, That's kind so, of shocking. Oh, take that. Take that. So it's not... Like, the boy band is not her favorite, uh-huh. but one of... The lead singer from Take That, his name is Gary Barlow. Okay. She loves him. He was a judge on The X Factor. He, like, became a solo artist afterwards. She's... She's... Um, I think she's knighted him. What? Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, I actually did research him. Why do I find this, like, dumbfounding? No, I actually did research him, too, so I could do him instead if we want to talk about Gary Barlow. Because, yeah, the queen loves him. Well, I think we should definitely stick with what you, what you came prepared with, but I feel like this is, like, a bonus nugget. Like, Yeah, no, so I guess, so... Who is this guy? Why... Why does she like a guy from a boy band? I mean, well, that's, like... so I think it's, like, a boy band from back in the day. So like, like a Beach Boys kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, like he. But, but still. Well, no, I guess because they ninety five they were. What? Yeah. So yeah. No. I, I don't know, but my life has just been altered. It's like the Queen liking in sync or something. Yeah, no, the Queen loves him. So he, oh. so he was appointed an officer of the Order of the British Empire by the Queen in two thousand twelve. Um. He also, so I think, I can't remember, during one of her jubilees or something. He performed. Yeah, and he wrote a song for the Queen. And and they, like, made a recording, and it was very popular. And actually, this is the funny thing, in the recording, there's a little bit of tambourine. Prince Harry's the one playing the tambourine. Stop! (laughs) This is getting worse! (laughs) Yeah, but... No! Yeah, so his, um, but the boy band's like still together. Oh yeah, so it was oh, the it was the Diamond Jubilee concert in 2012, um, which, yeah, she. So wow. she, but I guess part of the thing is so Gary Gary Barlow, he yeah. does. We're on first name basis. Yeah, he does a like he's super popular, famous, whatever. He does a lot of charity work, and like okay. that's how he kind of like knows the Queen because he's like involved in all these charities. So like. I feel How like, old is he? So he's born in the 70s. Okay. So he's like in his 40s. 
Okay. Right? So really, yeah. yeah. So he's like a Backstreet Boy. Yeah. Like, eight, like, oh my gosh. I don't know why that just kind of shakes me to my core. Well, he's like, and he's like a writer. Like, he's not just like a a performer. <laughs> like, he's written some music for Elton John, Lily Allen, Donny Osmond. <laughs> and he, Shaking and the, the one that he wrote, or the one that he did for the Queen, he actually yeah. wrote together with Andrew Lloyd Webber. So... You know, I mean, I think he's, like, a pretty he's legit. legit guy for being a boy band guy. You know, like, I don't think any of the Backstreet Boys are doing stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, they go back together, though. That's true. But you know what? This band, which I can't remember what they're called again, Take That. Take That. Also got back together. Jeez. <laughs> okay, well, happy that you did that. But how about I go first, then? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you've already now given us practically somebody that you aren't even doing. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny because I chose not to do him because I thought, ah, he's boring. But now that I'm telling you what I... No, I'm like... like I, I'm like, oh, actually, I could totally have done this. This is like Because <laughs> you were like, oh, it's all boring stuff, classical things. And of course me going like, oh, it's the queen. Of course she listened to classical things. So of course, And because I'm a classic musician, I kind of like take super offense. But then you're all like, oh, but then her favorite singer is the leader of a boy band. <laughs> I mean, that's so weird mm-hmm. and odd. Mm-hmm. But we all have our, our secret things. Well, also... Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Tell me of, more. About 15 years ago, somebody interviewed the Queen and asked, like, who her favorite... What her favorite song was. And it was <laughs> Dancing Queen by ABBA. Oh, which, my gosh. Really? But I think that that I was a joke. Oh. I don't know. Right? Like, I don't know. It's Dancing pretty Queen. Good. She's the older. Queen. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> She's you are the dancing Like, that's queen. why I thought it might be a joke, but maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It could be legit. Yeah. I don't know. That seems, like, kind of appropriate maybe for her age. Yeah, that's well, true. Only old people love ABBA. <laughs> I really want to see Mamma Mia too. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't this Mamma Mia 3 that's coming? Because they're making another one with Cher. Yeah, that was 2. That just came, that came out this summer. That's two? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it's it was just, all It's like been a really three. long time since the first one, so I could see okay. why you would think it would be three, but yeah. And it's like the the pre-telling, like, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, but, okay. you know, more ABBA. So more ABBA. I'm into that. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to get started. You guys already know, because I already told you that oh, I'm right. talking about Adele. Um, but, so... But even, is Adele one of the Queen's favorites? <laughs> well, how about this, like, to tie it all in, what inspired her? One of her first favorites was Spice Girls. Oh, and, nice. And Ginger Spice, Gary, Jerry, whatever. Jerry, I think G-E-R-I-E. Yeah. Jerry? I think Jerry. That was her favorite. Really? Yep. Hmm. So there you go. You know, it, maybe was never my favorite. Really? I always thought Ginger was so hot. But then again, I, I think that posh, posh Victoria Beckham was always the one that I was always thinking that she was by far the coolest. Yeah. I feel like I thought that Posh was the coolest, but then whenever we were, like, young Playing. and you would have to, like, play that you yes. were one of the Spice Girls, I was always Baby Spice. <laughs> of course you are, because you're so petite and cute. My hair looks great and I never I'm was just friends, with, <laughs> friends with those girls. I never got to play. <laughs> no having Harvard feeling. It's okay. Talk about Adele. All right. Okay. So I'm talking about Adele, the singer Adele. Um, her full name is Adele Lori Blue Atkins. I never knew her last name. 
Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to know it now. Right? <laughs> I also like that her middle name is Blue because she's, you know, she has that blue-eyed soul like genre. So I think it's kind of cute. Um, she was born May 5th of 1988. And I mean, before we even like start, I think the world loves Adele. So these are just going to be... I'm really concerned to find out that Adele is younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Number one, younger. Number two, uh, way more rich and accomplished than you. <laughs> I just... Ugh. She, um, yeah, has been singing ever since she was like three and has just lived an interesting life. So, really, she was born in Tottenham, London, and her mom is Penny Atkins, and she has a Welsh father named Mark Evans. And when I kind of read it in multiple places, either when she was two or three, her father, Mark, up and left. Mm-hmm. Um Right there, I swear, all the good musicians get abandoned. I think they just have so much to say after that point. (laughs) Um, So her mom raised her, but her grandparents played a huge role. Funny enough, when I first read that, I was like, oh, the grandparents helped. Obviously, it's her mom's parents, but actually it was her father's parents that, like, took care of her mostly. That makes sense because they would be like, our son is such a loser. Yeah, Let's like, step up. <laughs> he's a douchebag, so we have to take care of his yeah. kid. Um, so she took care of her. They moved around in London um, and then they moved out of London and then they moved back into London um, in her lifetime. I just have to get to the top of my nose. <laughs> um... Obviously, we kind of hear her get on the scene. She's made three albums thus far. We've got 19, 21, and 25, yeah. Yeah. So I think we're kind of due. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, 25 came out in 2015. But I don't know, because I remember when I went to her last concert, she was like, it was like the shortest concert I've ever been to. Because she's like, oh, my son, I need to put him to bed. And like, you know, and so I feel like she's like so focused on that now that maybe she's oh, yeah, going to sure. longer, longer between giving Probably. Us- and the thing is, I I don't even seem to mind because she makes such good quality. And I guess she's had a busy life thus far. Yeah, that's true. If it was like she was putting out crap, and right? like we wouldn't be waiting around for it. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be more disappointed if like two years ago she put out another album but it ended up being a big flop i much rather like wait in anticipation and get something good out of it yeah but she so when she started recording is always what the age is because she usually like like the album gets dropped like a year later so they kind of get a little out of sync by the time they drop but she um is married now and she has her son, obviously. Uh, but she has taken it to be, like, her thing in life that she wants to be a way better parent than her father ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, her friends, as she was growing up, they all kind of sang around together. And it was one of her friend's parents that really could hear, like, her quality and talked with her mother that she needed to attend the Brit school um, in London 
it's like a performing arts school there where she was um, classmates with Le- uh, Leona Lewis and Jesse J and Kate Nash. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, and she loved doing it, but also had a great interest in going into the artist and repertoire like division within a recording label company. She figured if things didn't work out, she would go and just help like manage somebody else's um careers making sure that the right songwriters got matched up with the right artists um just because i think that's really her forte is being more of the songwriter well i mean she's got pipes for days but i think it's just that like perfect matching that makes her really yeah i don't know iconic uh let's see she so it's kind of funny how she got started she posted uh she made a song in a class uh that was given to get a grade obviously and a friend took it and posted it on their myspace and their myspace page ended up getting visited a whole bunch of a bunch and i don't remember how myspace worked because i didn't think you could like copy links off but somehow people were getting this um this track of her. No, I think MySpace was way more open than Facebook. You could just, like, go in on anyone's and, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I didn't know if you could take things off of it, you know? Like... Well, people used it. A lot of musicians got started that way. Like, Lily Allen got started on MySpace. So I think that when you posted music, you could make it so that people could do that. So... Anyway, long story short, the friend posted it and then started getting phone calls from some recording companies and then, like, told her about it. And one of them was Richard Russell, who was the boss of the XL Recording Company. And so he gave it, the friend who was a guitarist named Ben, gave it to Adele and said, hey, I'm getting all of these, you know, messages. And this is one of this guy saying, like, do you have a, uh, are you signed? And her first reaction was, Am I signed to what? <laughs> she didn't even realize, like, what the question was about. And uh, ended up... Uh, Robert, or Russell guy, says that he wants to meet with her. And um, set up kind of talking about her her music. And because the record company was called XL like extra large recordings or something. She's all like, I thought it was like a perv, <laughs> like a, a, like that they wanted me to do something. She's like, I'm a bigger curvier girl. I thought it was going to be like some guy asking me to like take off my shoes and he can play with my feet on a video camera. So she brings, brings her friend with her. And you have to think at this point, she's probably, she's 18 mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and just about to graduate from school. So she says she wouldn't go alone, ended up showing up and uh, finding out that it was actually a legitimate offer. (laughs) Not this pervy um, studio. So with that, that kickstarted her um, then kind of finding some more material. Because at the time she only had three songs written and uh she was kind of trying to figure out what else to write about and that's when at this time she was 18 and she had been seeing a guy for the last three months he was significantly older he was 32 and his name i looked up and i have forgotten um not important (laughs) just known as the guy that wrecked adele i gave us our first beautiful album (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, they like she she makes an album. It comes out. Nineteen comes out, and then she's all like, "What do I do next?" And she was seeing this guy, and he ends up cheating on her. And because she had, she kind of said that she had gone to quite a bit of like counseling and therapy as a child because at a young age, her grandfather that had taken care of her mostly um, had passed away from cancer. And it had always been a trigger for her that like when people leave, like she has a major breakdown um, since that time. So like just to not only have somebody that she loved and care about say like, I'm, I'm moving on, but also the fact that he had been cheating on her. She's all like, it was the first time in my life I had ever experienced that kind of combination of feeling. Mm -hmm. And she says that as a, as a devastated young woman, she marched back into a West End bar where her boyfriend was having a green, a drink. And she told him, you know, that we're totally done, called him an asshole and then punched him in the face. Yes. (laughs) Yes. She was swiftly escorted from the premises. (laughs) She said that she managed to escape down a wide, empty Oxford Street in the early hours, and a line popped into her head. I got thrown out, and as I was running away, the phrase, chasing pavements, came to me, and I sang it into my phone. So that's kind of what started building some of that album that bled into the second Mm -hmm. album. Um, Of course... After kind of the hit of her first album, everybody started popping out of the um, woodwork, including said shitty boyfriend. Oh, I um, thought you were going to say her dad like came back to get money or something. Well, uh, let's start with shitty boyfriend first, because <laughs> that one I think is a little less terrible. Mm. He's all like, I, can you believe this? I mean, this guy has already cheated on you. Just go away. You know, yeah. but he comes back saying... You owe me part of the royalty rights because without me doing this to you, you wouldn't have come up with this. What an idiot. Right? And she's all like, oh, so because you had, you weren't there in our relationship, but because you left, you think, and you didn't contribute anything to this, (laughs) now you are owed something. She's just, well, she told him not only no, but hell to the no. Um... So, but also after that came out, also her dad came back into the picture. He'd kind of been in and out. Let's be honest. Her grandparents had been taking care of her and it's his parents. So it's not that she had never seen him. It's just that he never was really there. Um, He was a father that definitely thought it was absolutely okay that grandma and grandpa were taking care of his kid. Yeah. Um, When... When he left, or when the, he, uh, when her father and her mom got together, he was 25, and, and Adele's mom, Penny, was 18. So, like, barely kind of legal, and ended up leaving her. So, I think her and her mom were really close, just because really there's not that big of an age, like, gap under 20 years. Yeah. Um, he had a job on a cruise sh- ship, but had a serious drinking pro- problem, um... Anyway, after she hit, like, global success, he decided, instead of calling her, instead of doing anything, the first thing he did was went to a tabloid paper and sold a story entitled, like, the 
headline on it was, I was an alcoholic and rotten dad to Adele. It, te- it tears me up inside. <laughs> so yeah, needless you must to be say, so torn up. Right? <laughs> to go straight to a tabloid. like, And she has now openly said, like, he never even contacted me. He just, he did it strictly because my name was associated and he did it for money. Money. I can't talk today. Blech. Um, so long story short, obviously after that happened, she never wanted to see him again and hasn't. Um, that came out in 2011 and I mean, it was in 2012 that she had her, um, son, Angelo. He has never met him and, uh, he, she says he's effing blown it. (laughs) If I ever see him, I will spit in his face. (laughs) (laughs) I love how like feisty, but real she is. (laughs) Yeah. I will spit in his face. I will spit in his face. As she should. Um, but so some of her inspiration has come from uh, quite a few different pe- people. I have mentioned the Spice Girls was something huge. Uh, she later had one of her mother's boyfriends as she got older. Uh, gave her her first grown-up guitar. Hmm. And bought her mom a, co- a copy of the album The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Which is an amazing album if you haven't listened to it. And she's touring right now. Because it's the 20 year anniversary of that. Um, so gave her that. She said that through her teenage years. She kind of went back to. Kind of getting in tune with like. Her like the roots of kind of jazz. So she definitely got into some Etta James. Um, some Ella Fitzgerald. And kind of started playing with that song, that sound. She's been attributed or dubbed the new Amy Winehouse, which I think is criminal. Which <laughs> which she came back saying, we're a gender, not a genre. Like, yeah. I just... I don't... Like, they're kind of similar, but not. Well, not really. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think they're similar enough that you no, would say that. No. I mean, I would definitely put her in the same realm or closer in, like, relations with somebody like... Whitney Houston or like a Celine Dion than, yeah, than, than Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse, whatever. Yeah, and I love I, Amy Winehouse, but still, I, know, I right? just don't. They're not the same. Yeah. <laughs> We're a gender, not a genre. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's just been really inspiring. I love her just because every time... I think we're just the similar... We're less than a year apart... Uh, every time she comes out with an album, I just feel like I can relate it to either someone or like a time period of events. And I think that's what makes her so relatable. Cause I think we all can do that. Yeah. Um, especially being female, like it's definitely very feminist in which she has labeled herself as one. She says that Beyonce is her spirit animal. <laughs> um, and she's very humble for giving back a lot of credit and says that she still just is inspired by the artists that are coming out and who are around. Um, but those albums, some of those songs, woof, just get me to my core. <laughs> uh, probably the coolest things that I found about her were she is definitely kind of like a thrill. I can do this. Let me just try one more time. What word are you trying to say? Philanthropist. (laughs) 
um, and works with a lot of charities. During her 2012 tour, she went around uh, the United States and had to get not only like a VIP like backstage pass, you had to donate $20 to a UK charity called SANS, which is supporting anyone affected by the death of a baby and promoting research to reduce that loss. And so just solely on people that got the privilege of a VIP ticket, she earned $13,000 for that charity. Oh, nice. Um, Being truly um, a working girl coming from a mom who worked in a used furniture shop, she um, is truly like true hardy working girl, London girl. So she's a part of the Labor Party. She stamps with that saying that I'm a feminist. I believe that everyone should be treated the same, including race and sexuality. Here, here, sister, here, here. Um, but so it was back in 2017 that in London there was that Grenfell Tower fire. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't too far from kind of where she grew up. But she's uh, she took it really to heart because it was a situation that she felt like she had grown up with and in. Um, and if anybody doesn't know, you can look up that Grenfell like tower on like CNN or something. Um, pretty much it was just a really old um, apartment complex that um, was, I would label it as definitely a gentrification like area where there was certain divide and certain kind of race of people yeah were kind of told you live in this area this is about the money you'll make and down to the building itself it seemed like the like people that made a bit more money or more um racially acceptable i suppose lived on like the bottom floors because it's easier access not as much walking down to this i want to say it was like something like a 20 story tower yeah it was pretty big and it lit on fire it didn't pass a lot of codes but no one seemed to care and um pretty much everybody died in the building so she came um and was standing out there um, she like kept a low profile and wasn't really recognized by, by people, but she like stood outside while the firefighters like fought that fire. And then afterwards, um, she went and delivered tea and cakes to um, the fire station. And actually, about uh, mm, I don't know, it was only a handful of months ago that it had been one year since kind of like the anniversary and all the talk about what kind of happened there at Grenfell and just opening awareness. She um, has started a charity for that. Just helping a little bit more of immigrant awareness and immigrant rights. And um, yeah, I just think she's a cool woman and she's funny as hell. Like the things that she says, um, let's see if I have one. She says on dating, she said that she was happy she's dated a guy that um, who's she's married to now who um, has nothing to do with the music world. But she says she ruled out coupling with another famous person saying, I don't date celebra- celebrities. I ain't fucking Taylor Swift. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, sorry, T-Swift. <laughs> but she does have a good point because I actually think that the two of them are very similar in the reasons people like their music, right? Yeah. Like, that 
women can relate to them and whatever. Real people. Yeah. Friendly to the fans. You but know? I feel like the only the reason Adele hasn't got as much like bad press is because she's yeah she can, well to... and the fact that she's terrified of travel so that's why she doesn't tour as much. She uh, doesn't want to really leave London. She's like a homebody, even though right now she's currently living in Los Angeles with her her family is there. Um, she just doesn't want to be going around. Uh, where I kind of always get the feel like that's what like Taylor Swift every time a new album she's like gearing up for the world tour and I feel like Adele is on the back half going like I can wait another couple of years and make these songs better or something yeah yeah <laughs> and but I think after the last tour she says she wasn't going to do any more yeah, of these big she world did tours say that. I'm very sad um I mean she's still going to definitely perform it's got nothing to do with performance she just doesn't want to do the big hubbub which I kind of more power to her, which is it funny because doesn't seem to be her. Her her performances are like the least hubbubby yeah concerts I've ever been to. It's just like her with a microphone on the giant stage. It's like I love it's it. not like a Beyonce concert, where right? Like, right, oh and she's like God. dancing for like twenty hours, and yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's Dell, guys. I just love her. Um, I feel like multiple times she finds my diary and just sings it aloud. <laughs> Uh, Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, no joke. But there have been moments. I think she like drops a song at the right moment because the last one, the big last single she had was "Hello," and it was definitely that like "Hello, it's me" kind of a thing coming back to an ex that you still haven't gotten over, but you're wondering like, can we can we talk about it? <laughs> but it's been years since. Yep, been there. So. um Needless to say, that's my British culture icon, Adele. May she offer us many more records to come. She's worth a lot of money, broken a lot of records. <laughs> Get it, sister. There you go. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, we're going way other side of the whatever. I'm excited. So I'm not going to have as much to say just because I don't actually care that much about <laughs> this guy. <laughs> okay. But so... I am talking about Simon John Ritchie, also known as Sid Vicious. <laughs> Don't know who this is. You've never heard? Okay. Because no. for me, so I've heard of Sid Vicious always, uh-uh. but I've never knew anything about him. So I was like, oh, he's British. I'll, I'll research him. So okay. he, so he was born in 1957 to, in Lewisham, um, his, father was a guardsman at Buckingham Palace and a semi-professional trombone player on the London jazz scene. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after his birth, he and his mother moved moved to Ibiza where they were supposed to be joined oh. by his father. Who then, but he was abandoned. Yes. Yes, he was. I told you. I kind of look... I mean, I'm happy. I've come from a great family. Two parents, you know. But, but your music career would be a lot better. Yeah, instead of all my dad. <laughs> you did it wrong. <laughs> no, well, it's kind of sad because I don't know how he, like, like his dad, how did he trick them into Going moving to, to Ibiza, Ibiza, like yeah. Spain? Like, you know, like, oh, he no. was like, yeah, I'll meet you there. Like, okay. Oh, that's evil. So, yeah, so his mom didn't even realize that the dad wasn't coming until. Like, because he was supposed to, because they were going to move there first, and he was supposed to mail them a check every month to, like, help them until he got there, Mm. and then he never mailed a check. And after the first few didn't come, 
she was like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, oh, no. that's not going to happen. Um, later, when he was about eight, um, his mother met a guy named Christopher Beverly, and they went and moved back to Kent, and he grew up there. So, unfortunately... Or no, I guess he didn't grow up there. Because unfortunately, the new stepdad, who was great, died six months later from cancer. So then they ended up moving to East London. So when they were there, so like he he grew up there. He was kind of a punk. He dropped out of high school. He just like hangs out around London. Um, He would just like hang out with this guy, like just a friend of his. And they would just like hang out on the street, like, playing instruments, trying to get money, like, busking. Um, They played mostly Alice Cooper covers, and people would give them money to stop playing. (laughs) Yeah, I'd probably do the same. Yeah. (laughs) Don't like Alice Cooper. So, yeah, so it was just, I don't know. It was a sad life. So, um... So anyway, but he was really into the whole like punk scene, right? Yeah. Like punk music. So I'm just like okay, for our audience members that maybe have not met Leah yet, this is just so <laughs> not you. That I have no idea what's going on. Well that's what I was saying, is like I didn't pick him because I like his music. <laughs> not at all. Okay, perfect. So anyway. Good choice. <laughs> so he tries to begin a music career. He he joins this band along with a guy who was a f- co-founder of The Clash. Okay. So, like, they had, like, a little band together for a while. But he's, it's just one of those things where you know how when people are starting off, they kind of just, like, jump from band to band mm-hmm. trying to... He tried to become lead singer of The Damned, but then mm-hmm. he, like, failed to show up for the audition because he was just, like, into drugs and just, like, not really doing God. anything. Yeah. But he was super into the Sex Pistols. Okay. So every time the Sex Pistols performed around the area, he would be at their concert. So the lead, so the bassist of the Sex Pistols, Glenn Matlock, left. I mean, I don't really know the story about that yeah. because I don't care about the Sex Pistols. But he left, and so the manager had seen Sid Vicious hanging out around with his, and he had like the bright look. So even though he didn't know how to play bass. They decided to make him the new bassist. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess he, like, played guitar and stuff, so it was, like, a fairly easy transition. But still, I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, he became, like, he he was on board for, like, most of the Sex Pistols, like, biggest hits. Um, They they were a pretty horrible group. They... (laughs) I mean, like they didn't Neither. care. They didn't care about producing hit records or anything. Like they got dropped by their record company because during a live television interview, they used so much profanity that their record company was like, "We don't want to be associated with you." Oh, geez. Um, they, everybody in Britain hated them because they released a song in 1977, which was the Queen's 25th year jubilee. Yeah. Um, and they. They released a song, a single called God Save the Queen, where they were insulting her, calling her a fascist. So they were often, they were physically attacked many times and no longer were able to find places to play in the United Kingdom. (laughs) Which is good. I mean, they were horrible, obviously. But they still managed to sell a lot of records, especially because the single was banned. So then everybody wanted it, you know. 
Um, so punk music people were just like obsessed with them. So mm. the Sex Pistols in 78, they decide to go do a tour of the U.S. because nobody will let them play in the U.K. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So while he's touring in the U.S., he meets um, this woman. Na- this is like the main story about him. He meets this woman named Nancy Spungen. So they become inseparable. She goes with him on tour. The group actually only did eight concerts together before they fell apart because they were all using so much drugs and, like, fighting about anything. Um, I guess the teammates didn't like Nancy, so they they broke up. Um, and then he took Nancy back to London, but things didn't really work out there, so they moved back to New York City because, okay. you know, people want to still hate him. Um, she decides to become his manager. Ah, that works out. Yeah, I know, right? Um, she's able to get him a few gigs, but his performances sucked because he was so high every time he performed. So they spent most of their time hanging out. They stayed at the Chelsea Hotel, where I guess in New York a lot of musicians and stuff would stay. And they mostly hung out and did heroin, um, a synthetic form of morphine, and barbiturates, which I've never heard of, but must be some sort of drug. <laughs> we have already explained to the people that we are not street drug savvy. Yeah, yeah so. we don't know that much about drugs. So, the, so this is all like within kind of a year, right? So October. I of that already year, know that this is going to go poorly. Why? Because I feel like in history, any couple named Sid and Nancy never works out well. Yeah. Look it up. People should Google it because I can already also, think right off my head just four think couples. About, I couldn't figure out why he picked the name Sid Vicious. He uh, he grew up with a perfectly normal name. Simon is a good name. Yeah, that's very uh, British. Anyway, but en- enough about that. Um, <laughs> Back to Sid and Nancy because one of them's gonna die. Yeah. So, <laughs> spoiler. Uh, okay. Oh, I nailed it. <laughs> so October twelfth. He vicious awakes from a drunken a drug stupor to find Nancy dead on the bathroom floor <gasps> of their room in the Hotel Chelsea. She had suffered a single stab wound to her abdomen and appeared to have bled to death. No. Oh. The knife used had been bought by Sid and was um, apparently one of some I don't know some other punk guy had a knife exactly like it and he had seen the knife and was like, oh, I love that knife. Where'd you get it? And, like, bought it. So, anyway, he was arrested and charged with her murder. He said they had fought that night, um, but he gave a lot of conflicting versions of what happened next. Um, Like, at first he said, oh, I stabbed her, but I never meant to kill her. And then he said he didn't remember. And then he said she'd fallen onto the knife. Which, I mean, I'm like, okay, he was so drugged. No wonder he can't remember what happened. Um, so 10 days after she died on October 22nd, he attempts suicide. So, oh yeah. So he, um, he was hospitalized at Bellevue hospital after, he, so he attempted suicide by slitting his wrist with a smashed light bulb. Oh, so geez. I think he, I think he maybe was in prison when he did that. But anyway, so then they send him to the hospital where, when at the hospital, he tries to kill himself by jumping from a window shouting, I want to be with Nancy. But then the hospital staff pull him back. Oh, so, um, so then, 
in an in an interview he does a month later, which I don't know why he was doing an interview. Yeah, he that's says bad, yeah. that her death was meant to happen, and he said Nancy always said she would die before she was twenty one. Um, and then at the end of the interview, the interviewer asks him if he's having fun, and he he said he asked the interviewer, "Are you kidding?" and said he would like to be under the ground, which is oh. just like a weird thing. Wait, yeah, yeah. Who's this interviewee interviewer? Yeah, asking so, this kind of question. So this, so at this point, Weird. he's um, he's just, he's out on bail, right? Like, so he's been mm-hmm. charged with second degree murder, but they haven't like done anything. So he's out on bail. So while he's out on bail, he ends up at a um, scoffish concert at a dance club in New York. He's charged with assault because he attacks Todd Smith, who is. I don't think he himself is famous at all, but he um, was Patty singer Patty Smith's brother. So, oh, interesting. Um, anyway, so he is then arrested December 9th, and he's sent to Rikers for 55 day- days to undergo an enforced detoxification. Um, so after the forced detoxification, they release him on bail again. So apparently... Mick Jagger paid for his bail, which okay. I don't know why he would. <laughs> but they must have been friends. But they must have been friends, and his and um, and his uh, lawyer said after the fact that Mick Jagger had paid for the bail. So I don't know if Mick Jagger regrets that <laughs> or what. So anyway, he so he's released on bail February 1st so that night he gets together with a bunch of his friends to celebrate having made bail at somebody's Doing some house drugs. yes exactly so they're even though he was, was clean because he'd gone through the detoxification methadone program but one of his friends decides to give him some heroin so you know good friends yeah, um yeah. so I guess at the party, he had been talking to everyone, like, excited about his life. Like, he was hoping that on trial he wouldn't get put in jail. And he was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm planning an album. I'm going to get my life back. My career is going to go back on track. Not that it was ever really on track. I was about to say, I mean, you chose the name Sid Vicious. It was all downhill from that decision making. Right? So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, he used the heroin and overdoses and everybody at the party tries to revive him but they can't so they leave and then in the morning his dead body is discovered by his mother oh no i thought it would at least be the cleaning lady yeah i know it's so sad when it's your mother oh so then things are kind of weird so like oh so so he so no New York funeral home was willing to hold a funeral for him or bury him because of his horrible reputation and how he had just murdered someone yeah. and whatever. So eventually, his mom found a crematorium in New Jersey that would cremate him. Jersey. You can yeah. get anything done in Jersey. So Nancy, <laughs> the supposed oh, yeah. love of his life that he had yeah. probably stabbed, yeah. um, he had told his mother that he wanted to be buried with Nancy. So yeah. Nancy was Jewish, and so she was buried in a Jewish Jewish cemetery in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So his mother traveled to Nancy's family home in Philadelphia 
asked Nancy's mother if it would be okay if she scattered his remains over Nancy's grave. Nancy's mother obviously said no because it was the man who killed her daughter. Right? <laughs> yeah. However, even though she refused, the mother and his aunt and two of his friends oh. drove to the cemetery where, and then they still scattered and the ashes. And they desecrated yeah. her grave. So that is the story of Sid Vicious. <laughs> I love how it's somebody you don't even like, but your whole, like, good story. Well, but I've, like, heard of him, you know? And so then I was like, wait, this is actually pretty crazy. I always hear, like, rap references to Sid and Nancy, but, I mean, there are so many that I kind of go, like, I don't know. I don't know who that would be. But, I mean, maybe a lot of it is them, because they're in the music. Yeah. Like, industry, you know? Oh, no. Well, that was morbid and sad. Can we go back to talking about boy bands and how the queen loves the lead singer of a boy band? Oh, That's happy and chipper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love the queen. Oh, my gosh. She has such good taste in everything. Right? We love her. (laughs) So fabulous. Well, I liked this episode. On that depressing note. Yeah. I should... (laughs) What am I saying? I mean, like, well, her I father trying, just like, used her for her name. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying not to be, like, too, um, like, I don't want people to just know. Yeah. Like, this is so out of left field. Who would have guessed? Sid Vicious. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, parents, if you're out there listening, if you want a kid to be a good musician, one of you have just got to take the bullet and leave. Yeah. Leave your child. It's the only way. <laughs> I mean, the only way for them to be successful. Because uh, we did the episode and I covered, um, you know, uh, John, John Lennon. Lennon yeah. and it was the same thing. Daddy got up and left. And, and man, he was famous. Yeah. <laughs> he was famous. He also died early. So. Yeah, that's true. So Adele, Adele though, is still going strong. Yeah. She's 30. She's happily married. Very healthy. Yeah. One She's baby boy. She's not a druggie. She's not a druggie. So that's good. And gave up alcohol. Off the bottle. Yeah. All is well with it. All is well. So thank you, Adele, for proving us wrong. The children that have a parent that leave turn out okay-ish. Okay. <laughs> Sad. Okay, well, we're sorry that we just said that. And <laughs> on, a de- on that depressing note, we will be back next week with another episode. Yep. And till next time. Cheers. Keep listening to the club. <laughs> Cheers. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>